When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The money pit is presented by Angie.com, your home for everything home. Wagner Sprayers, Quickcrete, and Dice Coatings. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboard to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Look around your house. What projects are on the to-do list today? What projects are on the future to-do list, the present to-do list, or the I'm stuck in the middle to-do list to get done today? And then reach out to us with your questions because we have got years and years of experience waiting to help you get that project done. You can do that by calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit, or better yet, for the fastest possible response, go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about apartment living. One of the advantages, apartment living has a lot of advantages, and I know you apartment dwellers agree with me, but having a yard that you can call your own is definitely not one of them. That said, it's no reason you give up on the idea of having your very own garden. We're going to share some tips to help you create a bountiful garden using only the space you have. And now that vacation season is coming up, it's a good idea to step up your home security. But if your system includes security cameras, it's important that they're positioned correctly. I mean, think about it. How many times have you seen a video of a break-in or other crime where that video was so bad that it's practically useless? So we're going to walk you through the most common errors to avoid so that your home is fully protected. And if your spring cleaning checklist includes power washing stained concrete surfaces, we're going to share a sealer that you can use to protect against a wide variety of those stains and make sure that they don't come back. Plus, we've got a great giveaway this hour. It's a new product from Dice Coatings called Rock Patch, and that can help you easily repair and restore any concrete surface that was damaged over the winter. And it's a prize pack worth almost 50 bucks. To qualify, all you need to do is reach out with your home improvement question. The number here is 888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Joyce in Missouri is on the line with a floor finishing question. How can we help you? I do have a question about my hardwood. Um, it's the old solid hardwood from this put down back in the 50s. I love it, and I refinished it all oh, probably about 15 to 17 years ago. And with the time and traffic, the top is wearing now, and I need to sand it down and resurface it. And when I did it then, I used gem seal. But I want to know what would be the best products that would be long-term lasting and something that would be user-friendly for an individual. Okay, so first of all, in terms of the sanding it down part, does the floor have any really severe wear, or is it just the finish that's worn? Just the finish. So you don't have to sand it down all the way. What you can do is uh, you can basically just uh, lightly sand the surface. 
there is a machine called a U-Sand machine, which is like a, an abrasive disc sander that you can rent at a home center or a hardware store. And it has like four abrasive discs in it. It does have like a vacuum system built in, so it doesn't leave dust all over the place. But it won't wear down the wood too much. It'll just sort of take that top layer of finish off and get it ready to be refinished. Because with hardwood floors, you don't want to sand them completely down if you don't have to, because that takes many years off their life when you take all that finish off down the raw wood. It's really not necessary. And then after you sand it, then you can apply an oil-based polyurethane. So not not uh, water-based, but oil-based. Not acrylic-based, but oil-based. And you're going to apply that with what's called a lamb's wool applicator. It's kind of like a mop. And you dip it into a paint tray, you apply it in uh, very smooth, even coats. Start on one end, work your way out the door, and then leave for a good four or five, six hours, depending on the weather. Okay, with the windows open. Yeah, yeah. If it's a nice dry day and the windows are open, that's that's the best thing. But just remember, whatever it says for drying time on the can, at least double it, because it tends to be a bit sticky for a while. Okay, so an oil-based polyurethane and a lamb's wool applicator. Yep, and then with a light sanding before you start the whole thing, okay? Sounds wonderful. Thank you so very much. Much, and y'all have a wonderful day. Thanks, Joyce. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You know, we get more questions on floors than any other topic on this program. Well, and they, you know, occupy a large portion of your home. They and do. there's always something to do with and them. And they take a lot of abuse. So that's probably why people need to fix them all <laughs> <do>. the time. <laughs> now I've got Doug in Virginia on the line with a siding question. How can we help you? Yes, I get uh, my son's house has some vinyl siding on it. And uh, the folks that owned it before he did uh, were patching something with some of the spray foam insulation, uh, the crack filler stuff, and it oozed out all over the siding. So I know I can go back and cut it loose, cut what's extra stuff, but when I get down close to the vinyl, what can I clean the residue off with to make it clean without damaging the vinyl? It's very difficult because you get those those um, foams are usually polyurethane and they have real adhesive qualities to it, really real adhesive. So um, what you can do is try to gently scrape it off with uh, a putty knife, but make sure you want use an older one is better because it won't be quite so sharp. And very carefully do that, and then I will. I've stripped off uh, some some uh, foam, errant foam, with WD forty as the solvent. So you might want to try that with a Scotch pad because Scotch pad is not abrasive. But you could spray the siding with the WD forty and then work the Scotch pad back and forth. You may find that you uh, pull off some of that some of that residue. It really depends on you know what kind of foam it is. But you're right. Once it's dried, cut as much of it off and then try to abrade the rest of it off. But do so with a mind not to damage the siding. Okay. Well, I'll give it a try. WD forty. Yep. Try it. It's one of the thousand uses for that stuff. <laughs> you know, they say the only the only two things in your toolkit, WD-40 <laughs> and duct tape, they're pretty close. Then I can go over the whole back of the house with WD-40 to, to revitalize the Well, I wouldn't, the vinyl, I, if, right? it's, if it's the whole back of the house, I mean, you're talking about spot cleaning, okay, but if it's the whole back of the house, then I, I think you've got a bigger problem. I think you're looking at new siding. But would I get an oily spot when I use the WD-40 that would look different than the you rest will. of it? You will, but soap and water will take it away. I guess that'll fade, yeah. That's why it's good for only, like, a little spot. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, Doug. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? 
That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Hey, guys, if you've heard a helpful tip or two while listening to our show, please help us help even more home improvers by dropping us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome, and you might even win a copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. Just go to moneypit.com slash review. Well, if the winter season left your concrete walks or patios looking a bit bad, maybe you use some of that rock salt on it and they're all pitted. We've got a great product we're giving away on today's show that can help. It's new from Dice Coatings. It's called Rock Patch. Now, I like this because most of the time when you find a patching material, you have to mix it up. It's usually powder. This is in a can. All you do is pop the lid. Give it a stir or two, and away you go. You can fill cracks. You can fill holes. You can level out some surfaces and get it ready for a new painting or maybe new flooring. Whatever it is, you can do it quickly and easily. The Dice Coatings product, Rock Patch, is available online at dicecoatings.com. It's D-A-I-C-H coatings.com, as well as Home Depot and Lowe's. But we've got one gallon to give away today. It's going out to one listener drawn at random. So make that you reach out to us with your questions at moneypit.com slash ask. Renee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? My question is concerning my sump pump. Obviously, a sump pump in the basement. And for a long time, for several months, I had not heard the sump pump going off. A few weeks, a few months ago, when it was raining very hard, I went down to the basement to see why the sump pump wasn't kicking on, and it was the the well was filled with water. So I went ahead and I, you know, drained the water out by, you know, bucketing, taking buckets of just pouring buckets of water out. And so I got down to see where the ball, um, the ball was, and uh, it still wouldn't come on. So I, I, I tapped the ball, and eventually, when the water rose, it did kick on again. But then, now I'm hearing this gurgling sound in my kitchen sink piping, and I want to know why. Where Where is the sump pump discharging? Is it just discharging into this basement sink? The sump pump discharges. It's connected to the outside sewer line, and that's I guess that sewer uh, the line um, is connected to the, to the basement sink, uh, the kitchen sink. Okay, so so first of all, it has to go through a trap. If it doesn't go through a trap, you may get sewage gas that comes back into the basement. So that's the first thing. Um, secondly, the gurgling might just because it doesn't have enough uh, water in the sump itself. You're probably pulling a lot of air in there. And thirdly, because your sump pump was filling up when you had heavy rain, the source of that water is easily within your ability to repair and stop. 
Generally, when your sump pump fills up after heavy rain, it's because your gutters are clogged or overflowing or your downspouts are not discharging away from the foundation or the soil around the house is not slipping away from the outside walls. That's what causes problems with uh, water filling up in basements and, fl- and floods in, in a sort because that outside surface drainage is just not set up right. So I would focus on re- improving your exterior drainage. There's a great article on moneypit.com about how to solve wet basements. A lot of that advice applies to this. Uh, and then you'll find that the sump pump will have to run that much less. Okay. That's great news. Renee, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Stephen Michigan's on the line with a water heater question. What can we do for you? My hot water tank has no good water pressure behind it. Where are you spotting this? Is it at a particular faucet or fixture, or is it multiple bathrooms throughout the house? Everywhere. My shower, my sinks, uh, my washing machine, anywhere where I have, like, hot If I just have, like, hot water going in my washing machine, it takes forever to fill up. If, like, when I go to take a shower... If I just have the cold, I mean, just straight cold water going, I have nice pressure behind it. And let me ask you a question. How old, how old is your house? Built in the 70s. Okay, I think you've got a problem with a valve somewhere on that hot water line that's restricting the flow. Because the water pressure is going to be the same for hot and cold when it comes into the house. So the fact that it's going through the water heater and then slowing down means that something is clogging it. or Something is, is basically uh, slowing down that flow. So I think that the problem would most likely be at the water heater itself, either the water flow into it or the water flow out of it. And it could be that one of those valves is stuck closed or partially stuck. I would close the valves all the way and then open them back up and see if that makes a difference. I would also follow the line back to make sure that every single valve is fully open on that hot water side. And I suspect that you're going to find something that's partially closed, and that's what's causing this. Steve, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you live in an apartment or a townhouse and you'd still like to enjoy a garden this summer, a little planning and an assortment of containers of different sizes and depths, that's really all you need to set up your own apartment garden plot on your balcony or your porch. So first of all, let's talk about those containers. Now, the larger the container, the more crops that you can grow, but you're also going to need varying depths as well. For example, some crops like a chive, basil, radishes, lettuce, those are going to do just fine in a fairly shallow container that's going to hold about four to five inches of soil. Other crops like think about onions, mint, peas, garlic, bush beans, those need at least six inches of soil to thrive. So you got to think about what you're growing to help you determine the right container. Now, as for that soil, it's best to stick with soil that's meant for outdoor containers. Most home and garden centers will sell soil that's designed for raised beds, which is essentially what you have. This soil is fertilized and very rich in nutrients to give your garden a quick start. Now, for sun, most plants require at least six hours of sunlight a day to thrive. If your urban gardening space doesn't get that much, you'll either need to stick with the varieties that can do with less sun or consider putting your containers on casters so that you can move them around to follow the sun as it moves throughout the day. Yeah, and finally, don't forget to plan for a good watering can or a drip irrigation system. Now, there's some really helpful small and automatic drip irrigation systems available on sites like Amazon that are specifically designed for container gardens. And this is where I always fail. It's like in the correct amount of watering. So an irrigation system, if you're like me and you're like, it's fine, or water later, 
This will take all of that guesswork out and just water it as often as you need it to without you even thinking about it. And just like a larger garden, creating and maintaining urban gardening from a balcony, a patio, or a door stoop takes both time and commitment, but there's nothing like stepping out on the balcony to gather yourself up some fresh ingredients for a tasty meal whenever you want. You know, our first balcony gardening experience started with us sort of cheating a little bit. We had these planters and we wanted to grow basil and we tried growing it from seed and it wasn't going so well. And so I was in the supermarket once and I saw the big bushes of basils with the roots attached. I thought, huh, I wonder, well, sure enough, those roots took very quickly and we just had massive basil bushes for the entire season based on my supermarket choice. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bill in Texas is on the line and has a painting question. How can we help with your project? I'm remodeling my bathroom and it had popcorn on the ceiling. I scraped that off. My question now is, is there a special sealer I need to put on there other than like a Kills primer before I paint it? Well, yeah, a primer is exactly what you're going to need. You're going to want a primer. A Kills primer is fantastic, especially if you have any, you know, uneven surfaces or uneven finishes, I should say, or areas of mold or areas of discoloration. That's the type of primer that you're going to use to really seal everything in. And once that's dry, you can go ahead and top it with any latex top coat, a good quality sealing paint, 
Some people go with white. Some people will tint the ceiling paint slightly just to give a softer space. Totally up to you. I've got all that all that uh, texture off, the popcorn off. Do they make uh, a paint with a texture, a lot light texture in it now? Well, I mean, I think they do have textured surfaces, kind of like stippled surfaces, but I don't know if you want to go back there. The thing is, if you did a good job of scraping all that old popcorn off, and can I just say, what a dumb idea that was <laughs> for somebody to put popcorn on a bathroom ceiling. Oh, my Steve goodness. going to make it all fall down yeah. on your head. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah. let's not only put it in a damp location. Let's give it lots of nooks and crannies where it can grow mold, right? I mean, we make it impossible to clean. So, so well done scraping that away. But I would say that if you got it all scraped away, and if you applied a good quality primer like Leslie suggested, followed by an equally good quality flat. Very important. It's flat, Bill, because if you use yeah. anything with a sheen, it's going to look terrible. But flat latex okay. paint, I think you're going to be good to go. I dare say that people are not going to be going into your bathroom looking up and go, you know, Bill, love your house, but that ceiling's a bit rough. (laughs) I think you're good on that. All right. Very good. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, Bill. Take care. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Man, popcorn on the bathroom ceiling. What a bad idea that was. Sherilyn in Delaware is on the line with a leaky pipe in a pool. What's going on? Yes, we have a steel pool um, built right after World War II. They had a lot of excess steel and they found a lot of pools to build. (laughs) And we have, it's somewhere in the pipe, um, we have a leak. And we're not sure exactly what the material of the pipe is. We think it might be black. This is the pipe that does what? This is the pipe that fills the pool? This is a drain line? What what kind of pipe we're talking about? A pipe that either goes to the pool from the pump, you know, returns back to the pool from the pump, or leaves the pump pool to go to the pump. I don't have a good solution for you for repairing an active pipe like that short of replacing it. Generally speaking, when you have underground lines like that, that, that rupture, it's not a matter of repairing it. It's a, it's a matter of replacing it. And it may be that you can leave the other pipe in place and, and just basically disable it and then install a new line to do the same thing that the old line was doing. But repairing it is not an option. Right. Right. Unless you get access to it by basically digging down and exposing it. But it's usually easier to, to run a new line. All righty. Well, thank you. That's what we, we thought we'd probably end up having to do. All right, gentlemen. So. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bill in Michigan's on the line. How can we help you today? My wife and I built a house about 10 years ago, and we have a two-car uh, attached garage. And the problem is, is that the floor of our garage is not level. And uh, so when water uh, drops off the car from rain or more particularly ice and snow, it drops off onto the uh, garage floor and starts to go in, in different different low spots on the floor. And okay. uh, a lot of it goes directly towards the wall of our house. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's anything we can do to correct that problem without uh, having to remove the floor and, and replace it. Can you it. use something like Abitron or Abacast? I forget which one is the leveling compound, but to build up more on one side, or will that just automatically try to go flat? You know, I'm thinking, Leslie, it's so much work to be able to deal with a surface this big to try to get it level again that I, I actually think, Bill, it, it's frankly going to be easier to tear out the old floor. That might seem extreme, but... You may be surprised that with the right tool, like a jackhammer, you can have your entire floor torn out in like a couple of hours. It, it, it breaks up really easily, and then you could properly level it, properly reinforce it, and then re-pour it and be done. 
I was afraid you were going to suggest that because the problem is, is the floor is sitting on precast concrete beams because we have a spare storage space underneath the garage, ah. and so the water drips down there. So oh, I could do that, I guess, but I don't know the the likelihood of being able to take concrete off of those. Uh, yeah, that does no that, that that dramatically. I was thinking it'd be over filter like every other one, but no, yes. that does make it a lot harder. So I guess you are going to have to uh, look into a floor leveling compound for this, and there's a variety of products out there that this can uh, that this can work with. But the the key is it's not just more concrete; it's a product that's designed specifically to stick to the existing concrete floor, okay. because you know you have the full temperature swing there in Michigan, and if you don't have good adhesion, you're obviously going to have that second layer chip off. So it can be done. It's a bit of a pain in the neck, but it definitely can be done. Would you suggest a, a concrete uh, contractor? Do you think they would be familiar with, with the options there? You may be better off having a pro do it because you really have to set some forms to get this level just right, and then you remove them as you go so that it drains. How, how, much, how much could you put on top of a floor that I described? Oh, you could put two or three inches. Okay. Yeah, okay. I appreciate that. You're welcome, Bill. Well, now that vacation season is coming up, it's a good idea to step up your home security system. But if your system includes security cameras, it's important that you have them positioned correctly. I mean, think about it. You see these videos of break-ins all the time on the news, and sometimes those videos are so bad that they're really not as helpful as you want them to be. So you've got to set up for success in the event of the unthinkable. Now, first, focus on the most vulnerable points of entry. About 79% of break-ins happen either near the front door or a first-floor window or the back door. So these are the most vulnerable areas, and statistically, those are the areas most likely to be the point of entry for any would-be burglars. Yeah, and height matters. So you need to cover the right angles at the right height. You don't want to put them so low that a burglar can easily reach them, cover them, vandalize them, you know, whatever, put it out of use. A good rule of thumb is to install cameras 8 to 10 feet off the ground and then angle the camera itself for the best coverage. Also, don't place a camera inside your house looking out. If it's behind a glass window that's going to get direct sunlight at some point in the day, that window is going to create a ton of glare, and then that could potentially even block out the footage completely. Now, you also want to check lighting. Unless your cameras have really good night vision settings, make sure enough lighting exists so that they can record clearly. If not, add additional lighting or add motion sensors to pair with each camera so the lights come on when the camera comes on. And finally, keep in mind that unless your cameras are monitored, most of the time footage you're going to get is going to be after the crime has occurred. There is, however, a system out there called Deep Sentinel that we like that basically has these cameras monitored 24-7, and it's pretty affordable. We cover that more on our guide to security cameras on moneypit.com. So check it out right there. Ellen Arkansas is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you? I got a roof uh, job coming on this uh, in a couple of um, weeks. Is They're doing my roof, and they're doing my sliding. Now, I had a okay. big oak tree in my backyard. I had it cut down, but in the meantime, since it was there so many years, it left mold, you know, the green stuff growing on my shingles, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. The guys that's going to do my roof said that, oh, that's okay. You can get up to three layers of shingles before you have to take the old shingles off. And I say, well, Mm -hmm. mold strikes a, a negative vibe in me because my husband and I have allergies. Would that affect us? They say they're going to put the new roof over the old roof 
and the mold. I told him, no, that's not going to happen. He said, well, what we'll do, we'll pour, uh, spray it with bleach, the mold, and we'll rake it, and then we'll just cover it with a new roofing. And my question is, since it is so much money, is that wise? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you can put three layers of shingles on, but it's a really bad idea to do that, aside from the fact that you've got some sort of growth on this roof. The whenever you put a second layer of shingles on, the first two layers in your case tend to retain a lot of heat, and especially in a in a um, environment like Arkansas where you have really hot oh, yeah. summers, as that heat is retained, it accelerates the deterioration of the top layer. So, in my experience, mm-hmm. if you had a roof that typically would last twenty years, you put a shingle a layer or two of shingles underneath, you're going to have it last more like 13 to 15 years. I've seen it cut a quarter to a third of the life off by doing that. So it's always smart to remove old layers. They're probably trying to avoid it because it's expensive to remove old layers. They've got to pull it off and then got to get rid of it. But it absolutely is the best way to do a roof replacement. And if you're planning on being in that house for most of the life of the roof, it's, it's well worth yeah. it. Now, in terms of the moss or the mold or the mildew or whatever is yeah. on there, there are many, many things that can grow on a roof depending on the environmental conditions. And it's mm-hmm. not always mold, although people tend to call it that. There's a product called yeah. Spray and Forget that we have a lot of experience with. And mm-hmm. you spray it on the roofing surface. It intends to smother all of those biological growths and stops them from uh, from coming back. It will kill what's there. It will naturally just you know die off and go away. And then there's a bit of a residual effect to it that stays on there. And if you apply that about every two years, you're not going to ever see any mold or moss or mildew or algae or lichen or anything else grow on that roof shingle. It's sprayandforget.com. Okay? Okay. I appreciate it. Yep, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. William from South Carolina is on the line with a flooring question. How can we help you today? Okay, I'm getting conflicting stories about bamboo flooring. And uh, we want to put bamboo down in the kitchen. Um, it's a stranded bamboo. How will that work? It's a stranded bamboo? Is that what you said? Yes. What's the form of this? Is it tongue and groove? Yes, it's tongue and groove. So why are you concerned about putting it in the kitchen? It's a perfect choice for that. I've heard several people say, you know, it's a bad choice. It'll soak up too much liquid if you spill water on it or something. Not bamboo. Yeah. Now, a bamboo floor, I mean, really is good for all kinds of high moisture situations because of the way that it's made, because of the way that the bamboo is super durable. Um, I think for a kitchen, though, you know, bamboo has a very specific look. And if that's what you're going for, then that's great. If you want some other options for a kitchen, I personally love to put a cork floor in a kitchen. It's got a little bit more give to it. Super durable. Again, it's not something that you would want to necessarily have, you know, spill a lot of water on it. But should you, you'd be okay. But the cork flooring is beautiful. But there are so many other options. I mean, there's vinyl tiles and vinyl planks and vinyl floorings that are made to look just like any other type of lumber or stone for that matter. And they're super durable. I mean, you can get them very, very wet. You can put them in high moisture situations. There's a lot of other products out there. Whereas bamboo's got a look. And if that's what you want, it's great for the application. You just have to think about, you know, what the durability of it is, the ease of installment, those types of things. Okay. I do appreciate it. It's easy, it eases my mind. Thank you. All right. Good. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you.
Well, if you've ever poured a fresh concrete porch, patio, driveway, or sidewalk, you may notice that while it looks fantastic when it's first done, it can quickly lose that new concrete luster. Well, QuickCrete has a product that both cures new concrete and seals new or existing concrete to protect it against a wide range of stains. Yup, it's called QuickCrete Cure and Seal, and it works for both new or existing concrete. Now, for new concrete, Cure and Seal promotes proper curing, which helps make the concrete stronger. It also increases durability and reduces shrinkage cracks. Now, for existing concrete, it's going to repel water as well as protect and seal those surfaces from acids, grease, road salt, and more. I also like that it makes the surface easier to clean. And then when winter comes along, it's also going to protect it from future winter damage caused by those freeze and thaw cycles. To learn more about QuickCrete Cure and Seal, head to QuickCrete.com. QuickCrete, it's what America is made of. Heading to Georgia where Tamara's on the line with a rust problem. What's going on at your money pit? I was having some work done inside my house. I was actually having a banister put in with metal rails. Okay. So they were cutting up the rails outside on my pavers on my walkway. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't see anything. And then winter came and went, and we were left with a very bad rust stain on the pavers. And we don't know if we should use a pressure washer or a chemical something to take it off. Well, you definitely do not want to use a pressure washer because that's going to destroy the pavers. What you want to do is use um, uh, some sort of a chemical product or natural acid to take it off. So you can start with the easy stuff. You, most rust removers have some sort of acid in it. So you can start with by pouring lemon juice on the rusted surface, let that sit, kind of work it in with a nylon brush or a wire brush. In addition to lemon juice, you could try natural vinegar. That works as well. But if those two don't work, then I would use a product like uh, Iron Out. Have you seen Iron Out? Many people use it in the in the laundry to take iron stains out of clothing, but that works really well as well. Okay, I'll try that. How about like CLR? Yeah, I mean that would be worth a shot. I think you're in the right uh, department here. Or you could use TSP, trisodium phosphate. And you mix that up into sort of a thick soapy solution and apply it to the rusted out areas, the rusted stained areas, and let it sit for a while and then rinse it off. Terrific. Thank you so very much. Jumping into our questions here with Joan, who says, when we first bought our house in northwest Georgia, the interior was newly painted with neutral colors. However, it was about a year before I realized that every room in this five-bedroom, three-bath home had been painted over wallpaper. (laughs) Whoops. I mean, my goodness. First of all, those must have been some very well-adhered seams. If you <laughs> Not to spot that, right? Woo! All right. So now she wants to know, is there a good way to strip already painted paper that probably won't suck up any steam or any kind of wallpaper removing solution? Thank you for your show and your podcast. I enjoy and appreciate you immensely. All right. Thanks, Joan. I don't know how immensely you're going to appreciate this advice. <laughs> Listen, this is a hard project no matter how you look at it. And A lot of it depends on how well adhered that paper is. I would try the traditional steam approach. What I would do is I would use a paper tiger, which is a tool you're probably familiar with that puts lots of little holes in the wallpaper. I would try this in one area and see how it goes. I would definitely rent the steamer and see what this process is like. If you're lucky, the paint actually helps that wallpaper stick to the back of it. It makes it a little bit thicker to grab onto. But if you can get that steam to work for you, and it could with this paper tiger, it may very well work, you may be able to pull this off in bigger pieces. So that's definitely where I would start. If that doesn't work, uh, then Leslie, I think we're talking about covering those walls with new drywall. I don't know what other options we have. How to make your room smaller by a half an inch. (laughs) That's what that should be called. 
Yeah, well, actually, you could use you could use even thinner drywall. You can use the three-eighths or quarter-inch drywall, but it's like you have to put the walls up, and you have to attach them, and you have to tape and spackle. And you, and you have to move all your paint. plugs and your switches out. Yeah, it's a big job. Yeah, wow. Oh, Boy, they must have really liked that wallpaper back then, huh? <laughs> Let's put it in every room. Oh, my goodness. That is just a lazy way to paint. It really is. Uh, I mean, or maybe you could just, I wonder, could you put new wallpaper over the old? I don't know. Will it stick to the paint or will the paint delaminate know. from the old paper? It's like. All the rules are broken now. So yeah. Now it's just like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Good luck. Sorry, Joan. I'm sorry, babe. Well, spring and summer are peak season for real estate sales. And if you're the owner of a home that's new or even new to you, it may be tempting to move in now and paint later. But painting before you move in is hands down the best bet. Leslie goes over the reasons why in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, listen, guys, I get it. After months of dreaming about the new home, it's finally yours, and you want nothing more to move your things in immediately. But before you schedule those movers, consider these reasons to start with a few coats of paint instead. Simplest reason, guys, is interior painting is a lot simpler when you can move freely in a space that doesn't have furniture, boxes, anything else. So it's great just because of the fact that it's empty. I mean, your painting project is going to take a lot longer if you've got to cover things, uncover furniture, move things, remove, rehang, all of that stuff. It's also going to save you a lot of money if you're working with a professional painting contractor because they're going to finish that much faster in that empty space. That's going to keep a lot of dollars in your pocket. Now, painting first also simplifies interior decorating. If you're designing a space from scratch, starting with a fresh paint color scheme will help drive other decisions for that picture-perfect result. And finally, it just feels good. I mean, there is nothing like a fresh coat of paint to make a home seem cleaner, fresher, more welcoming, and get this, guys, more yours. So just make sure you use a top-quality 100% acrylic latex paint, and you're going to get a stain-resistant finish that's going to look new for years to come and be so happy in your new space. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Thank you so much for spending this part of your day with us. Coming up next time on the program, if you'd love to have a backyard swimming spot but hate the smell of chlorine, well, you've got options. We're going to give you the scoop on natural in-ground pools that are pond-like, gorgeous, and very earth-friendly on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.